Latvia Weekly, your independent guide to the news in Latvia. Latvian DCM, and welcome to episode number 44 of the Latvia Weekly podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joe Horgan, and very unusually, my co-host Otto Tabuns is not with me today. Instead, I am joined by one of my colleagues and two of my students, because as I've mentioned many, many times, and you're probably sick of hearing, I am a teacher at Jelgava Spiritualis Vols Gymnasium, and we are recording this right now at one o'clock on the first, sorry, on the second day of September. Normally in Latvia, the first day of September is the uh, first day of school, but that happened on a Sunday this year, so um, we are officially celebrating the first day uh, today. So, first of all, I have my colleague uh, Matisse. Uh, so, Matisse, welcome to the show. Okay, thanks for asking me because this is my first podcast actually. I have never been in one. Ah, it's very, very exciting. So, um, Matisse, what will you be teaching this year at um, Spirola? I'll be teaching economics and uh, business. I'll also have a seventh business class as my my protégés. Yes, because uh, Matis agreed to be an Audinatis as well, which is a class teacher, which here in Latvia is a huge amount of work, as Matis will probably find out very soon, <laughs> uh, because they're responsible for talking with the parents and um, and all kinds of different things. So uh, welcome, Matis. And then I have two of my media students. So I also um, teach both of them English, or I teach one of them English as well, but I have uh, both of them in media. I have uh, Nix, who is an 11th grader. Welcome, Nix. Uh, Nix. Hi. Pleasure to be here. And I also have Laura as well, who is a 10th grader. So hello, yeah. Laura. Hi. <laughs> so uh, I, first, I'm going to start with the students. How do you feel on the first day of school? Nix. Yeah, you should start. Well, uh, it's very cool because we're at this new school and uh, I get to see all these new places because we moved mm-hmm. and everything was really different. And also we have a new classmate. Yes. Uh, yeah. So so what uh, Nix is referring to is that we just moved. Um, so as part of the school organization that Otto and I have been talking about in a lot of uh, on a lot of the previous episodes. So the. Um, uh, certain schools which either don't have enough uh, students uh, have been either closed or merged with other schools. So we were moved, our school, which has quite a few students, we were moved into uh, one of the buildings of a school that was merged with another school. So we had a big fun time moving everything over the summer. It was a little bit stressful, but but everything worked out in the end. And now we're here in this new building. And, uh, and yes, also we uh, do have some international students from time to time. And uh, yeah, we have uh, one new classmate of Nick's from, um, from Italy which is going to be exciting this year. So, um, and uh, so Matis, today was your very first first day of school as a as a teacher. How do you feel now that it's all kind of said and done? Oh, yeah, I was really looking forward to it, but to be honest, the the heat outside <laughs> is more tiring than my twenty six. Uh, 13 and 14 year old. <laughs> yeah. They were very nice, although they are still loud. Uh, <laughs> I know that the uh, the rest of the students will teach them to not mm-hmm. be so loud. Uh, yeah, we will. <laughs> definitely. We will definitely. We're talk about are, this. Yeah. No, but they were very nice. Yeah. No problems with them. That's great. Yes, cuz uh, both both Matisse and I are wearing stylish suits right now and it's uh we we look great, but it's uh it's a little bit difficult in this in this heat. <laughs> so uh don't 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 uh don't laugh at me next. Uh anyway, so we have a lot to talk about today. So as usual, we are going to talk through kind of the major stories that happened here in Latvia over the course of the week. We're also going to look at uh, what's going on internationally as well that's important for Latvia. But uh, I want to start with some school 
related stories because uh, this is the first of September, and um, and we uh, you know it, it's only right to start with some stories that involve um, schools. So. Uh, LSM uh, about a week ago, this, this is a little bit late, but they, they had a really good story in Latvian kind of um, outlining some of the changes that are going to come to uh, Latvia schools this year. Now, one that we've talked about quite a bit, uh, Otto and I, is this um, move to a more competence-based education. And the idea is that this is going to be kind of more student-centered and it's going to focus not so much on learning knowledge and, and learning facts and things that you have to memorize and pull out at a moment's notice, but more on actual skills, skills that will be useful for people in the 21st century. And uh, I, I, I want to know, Nix and uh, Laura, you're kind of nodding and, and looking at each other. Um, what, what do you think? Because you, you've kind of been in school as some of these changes have started to happen. Have you noticed anything in your lessons start to start to kind of change in terms of the methods that are being used or, or anything like that? Well, some teachers don't make us just memorize stuff mm -hmm. because, yeah. well, for example, for the history exam, the teacher just gave us a page and she was like, you learned this, 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 and you just memorize them. Mm -hmm. And now, well, we have this uh, cool teacher f for nature studies and uh, she gives us these like worksheets and we can fill them out and just know what to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and nowadays we have like more uh, things to choose from. We have uh, a lot more uh, different techniques how to study things. Mm -hmm. And the teachers, they're uh, starting to get more modernized, like the lessons. They're starting to use um, uh, mobile phones and mm -hmm. uh, projectors and stuff that like helps us memorize things better. Yeah. And it's like really useful because nowadays I think teenagers are... We're quite advanced hmm. in that sort of way and uh, it's quite sad if like a teacher just gives you a notebook and says you write what i showed you and we're not doing anything else and mm -hmm. they're making it more interesting that's good yeah and, and that's and that's part of it and now now in english it's a little bit easier for us english teachers because language has always been kind of more competence-based it's about the the skills not so much just about the aspects of language but about reading writing listening um and um Oh my gosh, reading, writing, listening, and speaking. <laughs> it's the one thing we're doing right now, which I can't remember. Um, but for example, in uh, in economics, so so Matisse, you're going to be teaching economics. W what is, I guess, your kind of goal? Like, what do you want your students to be able to do when they leave um, economics class? Like, what, what what are some of your goals, I guess, for for your students when they when they leave your class that they should be able to do out in the out in the world? Mm -hmm. Actually, yeah, I've been thinking quite a lot about this uh, at the very end of the summer because uh, when I um, thought about my experience in mm -hmm. learning economics, what I noticed is that usually economics is quite a quite dry subject. I, I haven't had a lecturer or teacher at school uh, who would actually make this this subject like very interesting or, mm -hmm. or exciting. Uh, I don't know whether it's because of this subject or it, because I wasn't lucky. But mm -hmm. uh, well, actually, yeah, this is my like goal of this year is to find ways how to make economics look interesting for students. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's a very good goal because I think a lot of students hear economics. I mean, you know, for example, when I was in uh, high school and then also in university when I studied history, we also had to learn a bit of economics and it was always kind of the one thing where we were like, oh, this sounds so boring, Adam Smith, like, ugh. Um, so, yeah, so yeah because I think the most exciting things in economics start when you already have the basics. Mm -hmm. 
but those basics in economics, they are, they are quite a lot. So you have <laughs> to spend, I think, at least a year learning them. And then when you can apply them, like we did in the university in the third year, we had uh, um, modules like uh, political economics mm -hmm. or, or applied economics. Yeah, they were very interesting. We read like some, uh, some research there. Uh, and, okay, it was so exciting because I had these uh, foundations, mm -hmm. but... Uh, the way how to get these foundations, uh, I'm not sure whether it can be easy and uh, very exciting, to be honest, but I, I'll, I'll try to find some ways. Yeah. So that's one of the major changes that's kind of coming into force. This is um, something that's been worked on for quite a few years, and the um, the time of when these new curriculum standards are being introduced has kind of been pushed down the road a little bit, but now, now it's finally starting. So um, it's going to be a little bit of a change for a lot of teachers, but hopefully it will improve the quality of education here in Latvia. Now, another change, which is uh, much more controversial, it's one that's been talked about for years and years and years, even decades at this point, and the situation here in Latvia is that somewhere around a third of the country's um, inhabitants uh, have either, well, yeah, have, have Russian as a, um, ha as a uh, native language, not, not necessarily from a Russian um, nationality, could also be from um, uh, Belarus or Ukraine or other parts of uh, the former Soviet Union. But a lot of people moved here to Latvia during Soviet times and um, were Russian speakers. Now, the situation when Latvia regained its independence was that, okay, we can't suddenly just switch to a Latvian-only education system because that just physically won't work because a lot of people just didn't know Latvian at the time. But the question has always been, well, when exactly do we do we switch to this? And uh, so there were a certain type of schools um, in, in Latvian, please help me, my Latvian speakers, Mazakum uh, <laughs> Tautibas, yeah, which is kind of like m minority schools where um, a certain percentage of classes were allowed to be taught in the Russian language. Uh, but now this is something that's starting to be phased out. So in high school, um, already now uh, we're, we're starting to phase out and, and have Latvian only uh, for most of the subjects or pretty much all the subjects aside from ones that uh, have to do with culture in some way. And then in uh, seventh through ninth grade, 80% uh, of subjects must be taught in Latvian starting this year. Now, I would like to get some um, feedback from you guys for who have kind of grown up, you know, pretty much your entire lives and in, um, in, in, in Latvia, uh, what, wh what do you think about this change? Do you think that this is something that's going to be, be positive for, for society or is this something that's, um, going to cause more, more problems than it's going to solve? Um, well, in my opinion, it's uh, a really good change because, uh, the fact that people don't know Latvian and live in Latvia has been a huge issue over the past years. Uh, like I've had people on the street just come up to me and ask me questions and they ask them in Russian, not in Latvian. And when you uh, ask them politely to maybe address to you in Latvian, they're really confused. And uh, I've always found it quite uh, weird. And uh, I don't like the fact that people who live in a country don't know the country's language. Mm -hmm. I think it's just like you need to respect the country. So I find it uh, very good. Uh, that uh, the language is slowly like being uh, taught everywhere mm. um, because these Russian people they they can they can teach it they can learn it and it's going to be a great change for mm -hmm. us. Yeah. Any any thoughts from Nix or or Matis about this? Yeah. Well, uh, I think it's great because uh, 
I'm pretty sure in other countries you have these, like, for example, I know there are, like, Latvian schools or kindergartens, and that's where they can, like, hang out with their friends and, like, talk in their language. But other than that, they do have to learn the country's language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're just becoming like other countries. Yeah, yeah. I have always had a very strong opinion about this, and I have had many disagreements with my Russian friends about this, but mm-hmm. we usually at the end of that discussion, we... Uh, we stay by our own opinions about this. Mm. Yeah, I think this should have done, should have been done much earlier. But s- perhaps starting from kindergartens, because uh, I think that's the that, that's the first place mm. where uh, Russian-speaking uh, children can learn Latvian. And for example, in Riga, there are still many Latvian kindergartens who are completely full. Therefore, Latvian families send their children to uh, Russian kindergartens. Mm. I don't. I don't really understand why are there still Russian kindergartens. It would be easier uh, for Russian uh, children mm-hmm. uh, to learn mm-hmm. Latvian language starting from the kindergarten. Yeah. yeah. Well, th- this has been a very um, tricky and a very uh, painful issue for, for a lot of people as well. Now, there aren't... Latvia is not the kind of country where you see massive protests all the time. You know, like when if you go to France or, you know, other countries more kind of in Southern Europe, it's very common to see kind of strikes or protests a lot more common. That doesn't really happen in Latvia very much. But one thing that does get people on the streets, you know, more frequently is is this issue of language. And it is something that you actually see people picket and protest. So uh, that that's one of the major changes that is coming this year. Uh, another change, which I'm quite happy about, I'm sure Matisse is quite happy about this too. So the teacher's minimum salaries is increased to 750 per month from 710. Now that's the minimum salary for a full load. Obviously not every single teacher makes that. It, it depends on the size of your load and, and a few other things as well. But the context of this is that back in the 2008 financial crisis, uh, almost Everywhere in the public sector, there were massive uh, cuts in in people's salaries. That was part of the austerity program that was suggested to Latvia and that Latvia started using. And since the 2008 crisis, uh, teacher salaries have been very low, uh, sorry, very slow to increase uh, compared to the private sector and and elsewhere. Um, So the uh, teachers union in Latvia has been very uh, adamant about, you know, uh, threatening to strike, threatening to protest. If um, if the government doesn't kind of uh, stick with this timetable that was agreed a few years ago, uh, so far every single time there's been a strike threatened, the government has kind of found the coins. It's like um, you, like like you know in your couch how like sometimes on the couch you find like some <laughs> like you know little copper coins. You're like oh wow I just made you know fifteen cents. So 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 the government mm-hmm. keeps finding ways to do that like oh we found this money here or there uh, but the question is are they going to be able to to keep doing this so uh, any thoughts you guys about the teacher salary increase it's cool if it's <laughs> raised a bit higher i would actually think about becoming a teacher mm-hmm. yeah uh, yeah i wouldn't become a teacher not even if they like increased salary probably but like i think it's kind of interesting how they always find ways to like keep having these sorts of situations. Mm-hmm. The government, yeah, they should really finally make a decision about something and stick to it. Yeah, stick mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, a few years ago, I saw uh, an extensive research made by the Central Bank of Latvia, um, and well, basically, they showed there that if we closed all the schools should have been closed already mm. basically which are half empty or like 
right next to each other, but, uh, but there's just this territorial border mm -hmm. between them. So later we are going to talk about territorial reform. Yeah, I think these both are connected. Uh, if these reforms have been done earlier, yeah. uh, or teacher salaries now would already be at the same level like in Estonia, which is basically almost twice. Yeah, twice exactly. And, and that's actually, that's exactly um, Prime Minister Christianus Karinch. He said that quite a few times that, you know, if there are going to be teacher salaries increases, they need to be uh, attached to this uh, school optimization. So we already talked about Otto and I um, earlier in the summer that uh, quite a few schools were closed throughout Latvia. Also in Riga as well, there were a few schools that were closed uh, because, you know, the population is decreasing and it's impossible to keep every single school open with uh, a low amount of students. Well, yeah, if I may add, I think these, uh, this question is... Uh related to the previous one about uh, mm -hmm. minority schools uh, because I think especially in Riga they are kept half empty for like quite political reasons and uh, I think this I would call it a segregation uh, should be ended mm -hmm. there shouldn't be minority schools at all mm -hmm. yeah, they, they should be taught like uh, their their national language their heritage that's fine but uh, uh, we shouldn't keep those separated schools Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, yeah, also, if we uh, stop this political reasoning for keeping half-empty, uh, perhaps low-quality, low-education-quality schools, uh, we should find money uh, for, for salaries, yeah. Yeah. I want to go um, specifically now, now, Nix and Laura, you, you both mentioned kind of right off the bat that you are not interested in becoming teachers. And this is not a problem just with you guys, but with a lot of teachers all throughout, uh, where a lot of schools all throughout Latvia. So the... Um, the latest number that LSM, Latvian Public Media, had about a week ago is that uh, schools in Latvia are lacking about 500 teachers. There's about 500 teacher vacancies. Now, of course, not all of these are full-time positions. You know, some of these might be that, you know, we need a uh, teacher who can teach robotics for a few, you know, lessons on, on Wednesday or something like that. But still, that is a significant number. And there's been this comic that's been going around on the internet. I don't know if you guys have seen this this little comic strip where the uh, the principal opens the door and he sees like there's a there's a cafeteria worker, like a gardener and a uh, and a janitor, and he says, "Okay, quick, we're going to do a lottery. Who's going to be the English teacher tomorrow?" And um, <laughs> you know, my, I, I've uh, we don't, we don't have that problem here at, at Spirola. We have um, you know we we have enough uh, teachers and enough English teachers, but you know this is a situation in other places. I, I have taught at a school before where um, I was basically hired you know, halfway through September because there was literally nobody to teach English at, at the school. The, the, this was quite a few years ago um, when I first came to Latvia. So um, I, wa I want to get into this. So first, um, I want to hear kind of the negative side and then I want to hear the positive side. So so first start with a negative. So why, Nix and Lara, are you so sure that you don't want to become teachers? Um, Underpaid. Yeah, first of all, the salary is um, not high. Mm -hmm. It's not high enough. I think uh, if we... We could get like jobs with like higher paid salaries. Yeah, because the work you put in here, you have to teach for like eight hours a day. Mm -hmm. And then you have to work at home to make the next day interesting and so on. And you mm -hmm. have to plan a lot. And that takes up like a lot of time. Yeah. yeah. And the kids, if you have like a class you're teaching, it takes a lot of attention. It takes a lot of patience. It's really hard and not everyone can do it. Um, I actually admire people who can do it mm -hmm. because uh, I've tried teaching kids like fourth grade or so. That was just a whole other story and it was terrifying. Mm. They were terrifying. So <laughs> I actually enjoy teaching, 
when it oh. comes to like English or math. Yeah. English, yeah. English is okay. Yeah, it's like fun when like somebody asks me a question and then I explain them instead of like just giving me homework. Yeah. So um so then you you had the question of salary. So as um as Machi's pointed out, so Estonia has been able to more or less solve this problem. They have gone through territorial reform and school reform and they have been able to increase teacher salaries. If there was an increase in salary, is this something that you would consider then? If yes, I would compare it with my other career options. Mm-hmm. Maybe if it would be in like an art school or somewhere mm-hmm. where the kids actually are going there to like uh, for a specific reason, but not in a regular school because a lot of kids are not, they're unmotivated to mm-hmm. study and it's hard to like teach people who don't want to be here. Yeah. Um, so Matis, now the flip side is you are a young person who has chosen to embark on a teaching journey. Now, what went into this decision? Why Why did you wake up one morning? Or probably you didn't just wake up one morning, but why, why did you decide that that's it, I'm going to go into teaching? What yeah, was your... I think the main reason is my um, positive experience when in the 12th grade, my uh, Latvian language and literature teacher, when I was preparing for the National Olympiad, she allowed me to uh, teach a few lessons to the 10th mm-hmm. graders. Uh, so we made a very strong connection between them. We are still, with some of them, we're still friends today. Uh, mm-hmm. So I kept going to school for like throughout my three university years. Uh, so basically, yeah, this positive experience has made me think that one day uh, I would like to work in school at least part time. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't planning to work <laughs> full time, but it just suddenly appeared this summer, and uh, when I when I talked to the teacher that offered me this place and then later to the headmaster. Well, basically, I, I liked everything what I heard and that's why I agreed. Uh, although, uh, I guess it could be much more difficult to work uh, in some other school rather than state gymnasium, obviously. Mm-hmm. What could change? So besides salary, what, what could what could change your mind? What could change, not necessarily you know your minds, but, but other <laughs> yeah. young people that we know? I, I think we can all call ourselves young people, right? We're, we're all at least young at heart. Um, if like... Yeah. Uh, kids were more disciplined perhaps <laughs> no maybe if like the teachers would actually make learning fun mm-hmm. also that because if the kids looked at the teachers and they thought oh this is awesome i want to make someone else feel this awesome yeah. you know in their lessons then maybe they would actually want to go and become a teacher because right now there's a lot of teachers who are just going to their work and they don't seem like they actually want to be there yeah, but if you see people doing something wrong, don't you want to go and be better than them? Yeah, yeah it's like a two-sided thing. But I think for me personally, I'd like to study with a teacher who is like actually enthusiastic about their work. And mm-hmm. that will make me want to do the same with my work. Anyway, um, that just about does it for education. So we're going to move on to some national stories and get through those a little bit less detail um, than usual, probably. But uh, one big one that uh, got mentioned. So, so we'll start with this because we, we already kind of started talking about it a couple of minutes ago. This is about uh, municipal territory reform. And now this plan has already been um, going through the government. And the current plan is to decrease the amount of um, municipalities in Latvia from 119 to just 36. Uh, so up till now, there were nine kind of cities of the Republic. Um, ooh, can you guys name the cities of the Republic? Let's see how well you guys can do in geography. Can you do it? Which what? ones? <laughs> the, uh, uh, nine uh, plus 13. 
Yeah, the the, the nine the nine um oh. republicas uh, pils Okay, let's see if you can do it next. Uh Ventspils, Riga, Jurmala, Daugavpils, Jelgava, Liepāja, mm, Kuldīga. Ne? Valmier. Valmier, yeah. Cēsis? Mm, no. Jakabils. Yeah, Jakabils. And um shoot, I lost track. What which one? Resigne. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that okay? That's another one of my students in the background mouthing something I can't <laughs> tell. But 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 we we forgot resume, so that's all nine. Okay, good job. So you 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 passed your first uh, geography quiz of right. the year. Um, well, sort of actually. No, you you cheated. You. <laughs> I hope that's not. I hope that's not what you do in your geography test. But of course not. Anyway, um, yeah. So so the idea is to um is to create just uh thirty six. Um, new municipalities. This would be Aiskraukli, Aluksne, Adaji, Balvi, Bauska, Tsesis, Dagopils, Dobole, Gulbane, Yelgova, Yakopils, Kraslova, Kuldiga, Dekova, Liepaya, Limbaji, Livani, Ludza, Madona, Marlupe, Ogle, Olaine, Plele, Lesigne, Salspil, Saldus, Sigulda, Smiltene, Talsi, Tukums, Ulbruka, Valka, Valmira, Venspils. And then, of course, Riga as well would be its own kind of separate little, um, little, little, little one. Well, not not a little one. It's like half. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like, it's like half one. the uh, it's like the half the country's population. And yeah. Yormal as well. And uh, oh yeah, and, y- and Yormal as well. Yeah, would 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 be separate too. Um, yeah, it wasn't added to this list. So uh, now. The, the painful question about this, and this is something that we talk about quite a bit, is what is the effect going to be on people who actually live in the in the countryside? Uh, because a lot of people are worried that, for example, if you live in a smaller town and it was its own kind of municipality, its own uh, like Novads, as we've called them so far, that if you pay taxes, that tax is just going to go to the larger city in the area. Everything's going to be nice in that larger city and, and things won't be so nice in, in the smaller town. Um, but I, I wanted to, so Otto and I talk about this all the time and, uh, my other co-hosts who kind of come on talk about this, but I'd like to hear some of your perspectives because some, some of you, um, uh, I, I don't, I don't think you guys necessarily, but, but you have friends who kind of live further out in the countryside. Mm-hmm. What have you heard about this? Is this something that young people are talking about at all? Is this something that young people are worried about at all? Uh, I don't think it worries us because it won't really change much things. Mm-hmm. For example, when yeah. I go to my grandmother, she lives near the Tervetes border. Mm-hmm. Where Yalgava Tervet no, it's it's uh, Abgunste, mm-hmm. and uh, I just take a bus there. And while well, the road is bad, but like, would it really change? Mm-hmm. The road is almost always bad in Latvia. It's Latvia. It's, it's Latvia's roads. They're well, just not good. Quality. It's a trademark. Yeah, well, <laughs> Latvia had, does have a difficult situation because of our weather that that's always um, damaging roads. But uh, but actually, driving through Latvia this summer, there's been a lot of road work in a lot yeah, of places. Yeah, a lot of word, road there's work. There's road work in Tervete. Everywhere. Yeah, well, which which is a good thing. I mean, obviously, we don't have infinite amounts of money to 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 fix every single road um, everywhere. But uh, Mat- uh, Matis, any 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 perspectives? Yeah, I'm totally for this reform. I mm-hmm. think it is a well known fact that uh, the previous reform made. Well, 10, 11 years ago. Yeah, 2009, a, I think. Yeah, total failure. Uh, really, yeah, because uh, they hadn't planned that there would be so many uh, Nuovadi. Yeah. Uh, it should have been less than that. Yeah, but, well, mentioning the roads, I think uh, this is also a possibility to make the roads better because, uh, well, I think this is also a fact that we have too many roads in Latvia, mm-hmm. uh, uh, much more than the uh, population would need and uh, also making those uh, regions uh, larger it should be easier to well decide which roads are unnecessary and which we shouldn't look after mm-hmm. so it would be easier to uh, uh, 
fix the the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so um, we we will see kind of if this kind of goes through. I, I do want to mention there was this very funny. Um, speaking of comic strips, we we talked about one already earlier. Uh, in Ear Magazine, there was a really great one, and it showed this person who was smoking and saying, "I really have to stop smoking." Then it showed this person who was eating too much junk food. I really have to stop eating junk food. And then um, they, they showed this politician drawing a map, like, I really have to decrease the amount of municipalities in Latvia. And, and there was just like all these little things there. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's not so easy because, you know, again, there's a lot of people kind of pushing back against this. And uh, a lot of the smaller political parties, uh, you know, there's a lot of these kind of regional political parties in Latvia. They're uh, going to probably be losers in this situation because finally, you know, some of the bigger parties are actually going to contest these elections um, because it'll be a lot uh, more financially viable to do so. Um, another major story here, which we'll talk about real quickly. So uh, Health Minister Ilze Vintile from Autisti by Par, uh, she has basically said that it doesn't look like this 20% increase in medics' uh, salaries is going to happen next year. And by medics, I mean the uh, people who work in ambulances, uh, mm-hmm. come first aid, the, the doctors who do so. Uh, although it is set in law that it needs to happen. And she basically is laying the blame on Parliament, who basically uh, raised the the salaries that they, they passed the law saying the salaries need to be raised without there being some kind of clear way to actually do so with, without there being actual, um, you know, like fi- financial uh, me- means to do so. So I guess, um, Matisse, I'm going to ask you kind of as a economics expert of, of sorts. Um, now, do you foresee any way that this could actually um, happen? There, there's been talk about maybe increasing uh, the gambling tax, increasing increasing the um, taxes in some other way. Do, do you see some kind of vi- viable way to fulfill this promise? I'm not sure about the tax increase because I think the prime minister said that they are not going to increase mm-hmm. taxes just for the sake like. If there will be any increases, it, it will be a massive reform, mm-hmm. taking everything into consideration. But I think that the previous government is to blame for this. Uh, I think that was one of the last things that they did, that they voted this. Mm-hmm. Uh, ba- basically, basically knowing already that it wouldn't be possible to fulfill this. So basically what they did, uh, they told the next government, either you fulfill this promise and you don't have you don't have money for money for anything else mm-hmm. or or you don't fulfill your promise and yeah, yeah. so it, it it was their fault yeah okay and, and and that's that's something i've heard quite a bit um a couple more stories so one is that uh now auto and i if you've listened to other episodes before we are obsessed with trains we're obsessed with rail transport we talk about it very 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 much um and we have been covering for the last for the entire time that this podcast has been in existence that uh there's been this process to finally get new electric trains here in latvia uh the contract that was signed is finally in force supposedly so so it looks like we will actually maybe be getting new electric trains my students are are like uh cheering. high-fiving cheering yeah so um now the uh so so all, all three of you, have, you use the trains fairly frequently don't yeah. you yeah because because yelgava is uh very connected with uh with riga we have very frequent mm-hmm. trains um i personally love the trains i cannot complain because in, in america uh trains are just so unbelievably expensive uh so w- what, do you, what do you guys think are you excited about these new electric trains yeah, yeah it would be cool it's awesome seriously that's great yeah. we've been using these trains for years mm-hmm it's great that they are finally modernizing everything. But uh, but yeah, so uh, supposedly those first trains are going to be delivered at the end of 2020. But um, wow, I don't know. I'm 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 not. Well, yeah, exactly. Everyone's like, really? Is that really going to happen? I don't know. That that's the promise. But uh, but both Otto and I are a little bit skeptical about that. We hope so. 
you know, we uh, we actually did one episode of this podcast on a train. It was our second episode. We we were sitting on a train and doing this. So uh, that that was a that was a great memory. So if they if they have new trains, we'll we'll do it from the new train too. Last major national story I want to get into before we get into some rapid fire, some very quick stories. Now there, um, some of you might have seen that CNN. Uh, which is one of America's major news sources, they made a list of the 11 most beautiful places in Latvia. And I'm going to go through the list, and I want to see what you guys think, if you agree, if you disagree, and then at the end, um, maybe you can add a few extra ones. So the first one is, believe it or not, Riga. Wow. Wow. Didn't expect that. Shocking. (laughs) Yeah, so... um, you know, like it, it, when they wrote about Riga, they mentioned uh, St. Peter's Church, House of the Blackheads, Riga Cathedral, the Freedom Monument, the Old Town. Um, you know, so, so these are some of the most kind of common mm-hmm. landmarks that you see when you first get to Latvia. They also mentioned, which I was very happy about, the uh, Latvian Academy of Sciences, which for Americans, it looks kind of like a small version of the Statue of Liberty. I'm sorry, not the... <laughs> It looks like a small version of the uh, Empire State Building. Not the st- it doesn't look anything like the Statue of Liberty. Um, but uh, but uh, f- from from people um, from from this part of the world, it also looks quite a bit like um, uh, a series of uh, skyscrapers. Also in uh, Moscow, also in Minsk. Any any other places you'd suggest people visit in Riga um, besides uh, those ones that they mentioned? Literally anything in Riga is interesting. Anything in the town center, it's like really nice. Yeah, there's uh, like uh-huh. the old town. You can go. And uh, there's a lot of bars. There's a lot of yeah. like nice shops you can visit. It's mm-hmm. just an experience. Yeah, yeah, it's really fun. Next one is Yormala. Yormala. So for those of you who are not from uh, Latvia, so Yormala, it's very possible that you've been to Yormala if you've traveled to uh, Latvia before. It is kind of the long beach resort town just to the west of Latvia. Um, have you guys been to Yormala? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I, th- I, th- I think probably so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the the thing is though when I usually go to the beach I I, I don't really like going to Yermala because there's usually too many people there and I think a lot of people from Yelgava we usually go a little bit further north of Yermala like Ragatiams yeah ra- yeah I was just yeah. at Ragatiams yesterday yeah so by the way Joe when you first tried to go to Yermala yeah was it easy because you know there 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 isn't a train station <gasps> yeah. called Yermala thank you for mentioning that Matis yeah so for those of you who want to visit Yermala. There is no Yormala train station because Yormala actually really is a bunch of small little villages that are kind of attached together. It's a very long city. It's Latvia's longest city, but it's very narrow, actually. Um, and, and the majority of Yormala is kind of between the river Lilupe and the, and the sea, but there's other parts kind of um, aside from that as well. So, so yeah, the, uh, some of the most famous train stops you can get out at are uh, Dubulti, Majority, um, Zinteri. You know, Lilope is very nice as well, um, but but really anywhere in the Latvian seacoast is, is quite beautiful and nice to go to. Uh, next place, Sigulda. Sigulda. Literally, I think ju- I know just one thing about Sigulda, and it's Tarzans. I know the the straws. Uh, race for sleds. Yeah. Yeah. So so there's a very famous bobsleigh track there. Yeah, bobsleigh um, track. But there's also bungee jumping. There's also beautiful pala- uh, castles, not palaces. There's beautiful castles. Um, Matis, have you been to Sigulda recently? Uh, not recently. I think the last time was there was like five years ago. Okay. Maybe we need to make a media class trip to Sigulda. It's quite beautiful. Yes. Um, but uh, but Sigulda is very, very nice. Um, they, they called it here in this article the Switzerland of Vidzeme. Especially in autumn. Yeah, yeah, in, in autumn. Um, that, that's when the trains are just full of people because it is uh, very beautiful um, with the uh, with the hills. Because uh, Latvia, we don't have very many hills, but but it's quite hilly there. Um, there's a really beautiful valley um, where the river Gauja goes through. Uh, make sure not to swim there, though. And the um, and and there's uh, v- very uh, beautiful colors in in the uh, trees. Kuldiga is the next one. 
I've been there. I don't recall. I've seen Ventas Rumba. Oh, yeah. yeah That's about do. it. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think the whole city center is uh, UNESCO cultural heritage. It is. So it's, it's worth seeing, yeah. Yeah, uh, this one is called by CNN the Venice of Latvia, which I always think is funny that they're comparing this to like some other European city or country. Um, I, Kuldiga, I think, is absolutely beautiful. My, my, wife and her, uh, my wife and I, we went there as part of our honeymoon. We kind of did a trip all through. Um, all through uh, Korzeme, which is the western region of Latvia. Uh, we were there for the city festival, which was just amazing, but uh, really, really nice. So if you haven't been to Kuldiga, definitely get out there. Uh, Liepaja, which is right on the southwestern coast of Latvia. What do you guys think of Liepaja? I've been there once. I was like five years old, and I remember nothing. Okay, anybody else? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a lot to see in Liepāja, especially yeah. the Karovas region. The mm-hmm. old, uh, oh, yeah, uh, not only not only USSR uh, yeah. base. I think it was also there was an army base in Tsar times, and basically yeah, there were those, all those underground tunnels and uh, bunkers. So there's a lot to see. Yeah, yeah. No, Liepāja is really great. I actually just drove. It's, um, it's really windy. Though. It is very windy. Yes. I just drove um, one of our kind of uh, correspondents, uh, some somebody uh, who, who we talked to quite a bit on this podcast. Uh, he's this Australian guy, Chris Ockenfeld. So by the way, Chris, hello from, from Yelgova. Uh, I drove him out to uh, Liepai. He's an Australian Latvian who's been living here um, for a couple of years. I drove him out to Liepai because he's going to be working there for the year. And uh, yeah, we, we, we walked around the city center a bit and it really is quite beautiful. So if you haven't been to Liepai in a while, you should get out there. Next one is Tsesis, which um, is quite similar, I think, kind of to... Cool digger, not necessarily in terms of the train and everything, but also it's this very beautiful kind of smaller city, big town out in the countryside. Have you guys been to Tsesis recently? Recently, no. No. No? Matis? Uh, yeah, this summer I think was the third time when I visited that conversation festival, Lamba. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so it's organized like right next to the Tsesis Castle. Yes. Uh, so the beautiful city park. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know much about the rest of the city. Yeah, it, it is quite historic. There, there's a lot of, uh, if you're interested in uh, history, then uh, it's very, very interesting, especially the palace. There's a lot of very interesting stories about um, things that have happened there, which we will not get into right now because uh, that would take a lot of time. Next one is Ventspils. I was very happy about Ventspils. this because because uh, Ventspils is one of these cities where people have very strong opinions about it one way or another. I know people who <laughs> hate Ventspils. I know people who love it. I am 100% pro Ventspils. I love Ventspils. I was there uh, for a few days this summer with my family. What do you guys think about Ventspils? Ventspils is a nice place. I like it. Yeah. It has a lot of cows. It does, it? yeah. Not not like, not necessarily not in the city center, you know. <laughs> no, like uh, decorations. Oh they yeah. Have, like these cow decorations yeah. in the center as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's quite near. Mm-hmm. The I haven't been there, thing. but I've you heard. A, yeah, I've heard a lot about Ventspils. But go. both you negative and positive, though, probably, yes. right? Yes. I know. It's, it's the weirdest thing. It's like this Rorschach test. I, I, I love it because I love the port. I, I grew up in a port town. The town was literally called Portland. Port town, <laughs> like Portland. Um, Matisse, what do you think about Ventspils? Yeah, when I was uh, very young, I think we used to go there every yeah. year because uh, to find new cows, to go to the water <laughs> park there and obviously the beach. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I haven't been there for, I think, 10 years at mm-hmm. least. Yeah, it's, it's very nice out there. So definitely get to Vents Pills and then make your own opinion and, and write a comment. Uh, <laughs> next one, which uh, my, my students were a little bit confused about when they heard this, uh, but the next one is Daugo Pills, which I'm not confused about because if you haven't been to Daugo Pills in some time, you should definitely go. It is quite beautiful in the city center. There's also a very historic um, uh, fortress there as well. Uh, have you guys been to Daugo Pills before? Like 10 years ago. Yeah, Laura? Yeah, 
I don't remember it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been there a few years ago. I think it's uh, worth visiting, visiting, especially the yeah. two places, the Fortress and the Rotko Center, which is, I think, a, a world-class museum slash art gallery. Mm -hmm. Yeah, from uh, Mark Rothko, yeah. Um, but but it's also very... Um, now, Chris Ockenfeld, who that lost, uh, Latvian Australian guy I was telling you about, he did a bike tour all through Latvia this summer. He drove mm -hmm. the entire um, border of Latvia. And... Um, yeah, Dagopils you mentioned was very interesting because it's it's also very culturally different from from the rest of Latvia, and and, and you really kind of get this feeling when you're when you're driving through it that even like the buildings, uh, you know, some of the houses there, they they don't necessarily look like they would in in, in Vidzeme. Yeah, I think they have like five or six not churches, but like yeah. religious buildings of different confessions yeah. on the one yeah. street. Oh. So, Dagopils is in Latgale. Yeah, I know it's in Latgale. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but you mentioned Vidzemes architecture. Yeah, because it's different from Vidzemes. There's a lot of Russian speakers. Yeah, there are. I think. Yeah. Like a lot more than 80 usual. 80%, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I, I, what I was trying to say is it's different from like if you drive around Vidzeme, like mm. the houses look different. But, but um, okay. Anyway, the next one is Cape Kolka, which if you look at a map of Latvia, it is that little kind of um, tip in the very west, the northwest where um, the uh, Bay of Riga meets the Baltic Sea. Uh, have you guys been to Kolka before? Yeah. yeah, I've been there. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Well, it was interesting because like the waves were coming like from one side mm -hmm. and the other side and they like drifted together yeah. and made this like X mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was really fun. Yeah. But like you couldn't go swim there because uh, you could get like pulled in. Mm -hmm. So I was there with uh, like my mom and a few little kids so we couldn't actually go swimming. Yeah, um, Nick. Yeah, I haven't been there. <laughs> oh well, well, you should go check it out. It is, I think, one of the nicest uh, kind of nice. seacoast places. Um, last two places, real quick. So there's a uh, Rundale Palace, which is not oh, far from Yelgava. Beautiful. It's only yeah, it's only like what thirty, forty minutes. I love that place. Yeah. Um, now, now in Yelgava, actually, we have the biggest palace in in Latvia, um, and it was designed by the same person who uh, built the or not built, but designed the Winter Palace in um, Saint Petersburg. Uh, now, uh, th this is kind of similar style. Th this is a smaller version of Yelgova Palace, but uh, the inside is kind of maintained the way it was or is renovated the way it was, um, you know, hundreds of years ago. Whereas in Yelgova Palace, it's basically just used at the university these days. Uh, the gardens are very, very beautiful. Um, so I'm sure you will be taking your friend from Italy to... Uh, to Dago Yeah, to, um, to Rundale Palace as well. Uh, last one is Aglona Basilica, and this is a very important uh, place for the Catholic faith. This is where um, two popes have gone to speak, and we were just talking a couple of weeks ago that there was there's this yearly um, march to Aglona, this pilgrimage. All People walk all throughout the country to get to Aglona, or they also take public transit, and they also take uh, cars and everything. Um, have you guys been to Aglona's Basilica before? Yes. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? It's a church. I'm not really a religious person, so no. I couldn't appreciate it that much. Like mm. I like the building; it was nice. Okay. Um, yeah, there is one new thing, relatively new, not far from uh, uh, the church, which is called, I think, the Cri Mountain of Christ yeah. or something like that. So basically, there are many woodcuts, very interesting ones. They are not like ordinary religious ones, but like mm. uh, the versatile. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so anyway, that, those are um, the 11 that they chose. Do you think, uh, real quick, that there was any that were missing that they that you need to add to that list that people have to see? Yalgova. Yes, besides Yalgova. <laughs> yeah, I, I was actually very annoyed. I, I, I was, thanks for reminding me, Nick, because I was annoyed that Yalgova wasn't on there because we have a lot of very nice, interesting things to see in Yalgova. So also, we have a palace. We do, and the biggest in Latvia, like I mentioned. Yeah. And the most beautiful. Um, now, real quick, let's get into some rapid fire stories. Um, so just a few more domestic stories to cover really quickly. So one is that, uh, <laughs> so the state fire service did uh, fire safety inspections in 802 different places all throughout Lokale. And there were fire safety violations in 100% of them. So every single place that they looked at, and there was an average of three to four violations in each place. Now, the most frequent one was that there weren't regular enough inspections. Um, but uh, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Is this is this a surprising um, figure that all 802 places were um, had had fire safety violations, or do you think this sounds like par for the course? Mm, it's not really that surprising because Latvia isn't the most modern like mm-hmm. region mm-hmm. of Latvia. I don't think it's about Latgala. I think that those fire safety requirements are perhaps a bit too strict because mm-hmm. what I have heard from, uh, let's say, my previous schools, uh, previous school which was being yeah. renovated, well, uh, the firefighters will find so many problems that say uh, that seem so so small and not important, but well, they count as a uh, it counts as a problem. So mm-hmm. so. Yeah, well, the, the, I, that, that's kind of the thought I had as well. Is that um, you know, for example, uh, it is going to be required very, very soon, or I think it technically is already required that um, uh, fire uh, fire alarms are going to be in every single house. There's going to be inspections from January yeah. already. Uh, so, please, listeners out there, if you don't have enough, fi- yes. Mm-hmm. See, I that's a fire safety one. violation right there. So so there you go. You um, so yeah, if you don't have a fire alarm in your house, then do uh, get one right away. Just It's also good to just have a fire alarm in your house because you never know. I mean, you know, those do save lives. But uh, the there, there's going the to be... <laughs> okay, we'll definitely get a fire alarm, Lara. Jeez. Okay, um, another quick story. So the Ministry of Agriculture is not going to declare a state of emergency in Rutsava. So if you remember a few weeks ago, we were talking about how in Rutsava region which is uh just north of lithuania and south of liapaya farmers have been having a very hard time they're saying that the harvest is not going to be very good this year because of drought there uh throughout the rest of the country actually it looks like there's going to be a pretty decent harvest uh but the government decided that no this does not constitute a state of emergency sorry we're not going to give additional um you know resources for that so uh, any thoughts on this one well i'm not a hundred percent free market fan mm-hmm. but i think that uh the agricultures are already receiving enough subsidies and help from mm-hmm. both the European Union and the state, and I don't think they they, they need more help because, as far I, I read that article and I, th- I think it was mentioned there that they already have many options to uh, like a, uh, well like, like if r- something r- happens yeah that they are insured already or at least they should be insured yeah exactly so. Um, now, another story that came up, uh, which was interesting. So it was calculated that so, uh, software programmers' average salary is around 2,000 euros, uh, which is twice the national average. And this is, uh, we're talking before taxes. Now, uh, you guys already mentioned that you do not want to become teachers because the salary is too low. Would you be interested in becoming a software programmer with uh, such a relatively high salary, if salary is an important consideration? It's not my thing. I no? couldn't do bro- programming, so... Like the salary is nice, but yeah. it would take a lot of work for me. 
and uh, it's not something that would make me happy. Okay. Next. Uh, I've done fine in computer sciences in school, so in case all my other plans fail, I could just do programming. Well, okay. Well, I don't know if you can just do programming. You know, it's something you have to study quite a bit. But um, okay, so at least that's that's something that you're thinking about. Uh, last rapid fire story before we finish up with international and week in history. So uh, Pakistan is kebabs, which is one chain of kebab places throughout Latvia. Um, now it's not necessarily been uh, known for following all health and safety violations uh, regulations all the time, and uh, it was temporarily closed. It is now reopened. Um, but under stricter oversight. So um, I, I saw you laughing, Lara, a couple of seconds ago. What, what's so funny about Pakistan kebab? I don't know. That place is just so... You look at it and it, it's, it doesn't bring the vibe that you should go in it and mm-hmm. eat that food. And they had like these health violations and I don't know. It just feels so funny that they reopened it actually because I don't know... Like, you're the only person I know that actually goes there. You mean me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I I don't know. I, I personally love Pakistan kebab. I, they are definitely not a sponsor of the show, but but I think it's pretty tasty. Uh, Matis, any thoughts about Pakistan kebab? Well, I've been there a few times. Yeah. And, well, it was tasty, but recently I had a better place also. I think okay. it's called Hassan Kebabs or something like that. Okay. So it, it looks a bit more tidy. Yeah. So I don't know. So uh, just uh, something to keep in mind the next time you're going to go get a kebab <laughs> somewhere. Um, really quick international news. So uh, the, the big one that everybody's been following throughout the world. So uh, Prime Minister Boris Johnson has decided uh, or has asked the Queen to suspend Parliament from September to October. And uh, this does not mean that democracy has been overthrown necessarily, but th- this is a procedural move that uh, allows the Prime Minister to uh, kind of basically extend the recess of of um, of uh, Parliament. And uh, the idea behind this is basically to make it harder for Parliament to discuss and come together and stop a no-deal Brexit if that happens in um, at, on October 31st, as it's been uh, talked about. Now, we talk about Brexit very, very often in other episodes. We won't get into it very, very much right now. Um, but uh, one thing I do want to mention, there was a uh, protest outside of the British Embassy in Latvia, which uh, seems like about 20 people went to or so. Um, a lot of them being British citizens themselves. Uh, but there were protests all throughout uh, the UK and also throughout the world. And uh, specifically, Matis, I wanted to ask you this because you just came back from studying in the UK. Um, what, what is the sense that you got from, from over there in the UK? Is this something that people are, are getting pretty nervous about right about now? Yeah, okay. First of all, I haven't been really following much about this recently mm-hmm. since I returned. This is three months. But uh, uh, that's actually one of the reasons why I didn't stay there to do oh, wow. my masters uh well there were many other reasons as well but this was one of them and uh yeah but i think that <laughs> the general mood in the population was we're not going to talk about it at all mm-hmm. even students who are doing politics history like philosophy yeah. who usually like to talk about politics and stuff like that uh about brexit they, they were quite silent always one of my um, uh, British friends, uh, I, I kind of like very gingerly asked about it and she said, we don't talk about the B word. It's, it's being referred <laughs> as the B word. It's like in Harry Potter, how, uh, you know, Voldemort, Voldemort, they recall, you know, he who must not be named. So so Brexit has already gone to that status, apparently. So, um, you know, again, 
very importantly for our listeners out there, make sure to uh, register or, or get your visa, get your papers in order, whether you are living in the UK as a uh, Latvian citizen or if you're a British person living in Latvia, just make sure that you contact uh, the people at your embassy and you know what you have to do uh, in case of a no-deal Brexit in case that happens. So th- there are going to be some kind of agreements, of course, but um, you know it's it's going to be a chaotic situation. So it's, it's better to uh, plan ahead no matter what. Um, the other international story, which kind of goes together with our week in history. So Estonia is celebrating the 20th anniversary of Russian troops withdrawing from Estonia with fireworks in Tallinn. And this is a little bit of a kind of um, uh, getting back at Russia for celebrating the uh, quote unquote liberation of the Baltic capitals from Nazi Germany with fireworks, uh, which, of course, is a very difficult issue. Um, you know, like when, uh, we, we talked earlier quite a bit about the uh, minority schools. This is one of the biggest kind of clash points. Um, between the cultures that live in Latvia, but another one is kind of understanding what happened in World War II and the history behind that, whether or not, you know, the the liberation of Riga was really about, um, you know, uh, ending the Nazi occupation or if it was about starting another much longer occupation. So that's a very painful issue here. Um, but also with the week in history, uh, which Otto kind of prepared for me. So Otto did prepare the week in history for me, even though he wasn't able to be here. Uh, also on August 31st, 1994, Russian troops withdrew from uh, Latvia. And then also on August 31st, 1919, the National Library of Latvia was founded. So right now, the National Latvia, uh, Library of Latvia is celebrating its 100th anniversary. So congratulations, National Library. Um, have, have you guys been to the uh, big National Library, yes. the uh, Guy Smith Pills? Uh, yeah. I've never actually been there. I've tried to like get there. Oh. Uh, actually, for the National Library, you will have to go because ZPD. And uh, also, you need to fill out a form so you could actually get in and research the stuff you will need. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, well, Nick will help you with that. But um, last thing I want to mention before we finish up, so the week in the future. So the Days of Poetry is starting up on September 11th. Now, now you guys are already smiling. Can you you tell a little (laughs) bit about uh, the the Days of Poetry um, traditions that we have here? in in uh in latvia some of the things because because it's uh attached with some of the things that you have to do uh in school there, there's certain traditions you have in school as well can you give a quick <laughs> well overview? uh usually we read poetry mm-hmm. which is all cool um, we analyze poetry mm-hmm. like we try to find the meaning behind yes. it mm-hmm. and every word <laughs> we have to prepare a story about uh, one of the writers who has yeah. written poems yeah. and we have to write poems ourselves Yes. And uh, the teachers often grade them. We usually have to write them in Latvian and English. Mm-hmm. Mostly Latvian, though. Mostly Latvian, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are, are, are you going to make your students write poems about economics this year? <laughs> I'm not sure. No. <laughs> yeah. uh, awesome. Well, anyway, thank you guys so much. Uh, I don't want to keep you forever on the 1st of September. And also, I do want to go home eventually, too. <laughs> um, but uh, but thank you so much, uh, Matisse. I wish you the best of luck as a, as a new teacher. Lara, I wish you the best of luck as a new high schooler because Lara is now a high schooler. High school starts in tenth grade here in Latvia. Yeah, yeah, she has to, she has to write a uh, scientific um, a scientific paper, which uh, yeah, um, but she, she she'll do fine. She'll she'll, she'll do fine. I'm sure. Yeah, mostly. <laughs> and Nick, uh, best of luck in eleventh grade, and uh, I look forward to having you guys in immediate class also this year. So, uh, any last words you'd like to say before you go? Uh, Taylor Swift's new album Lover is out. Thank you. <laughs> not a sponsor hashtag not a sponsor yeah um, and if you guys enjoyed this podcast you can uh, subscribe on your favorite podcast app you can go to you can also like our Facebook page and find stories of the day every single day 
courtesy of uh, Carlos and Andrew who are working on that every day. So thank you again, you guys. Thank you guys so much, and we swap to you soon.